I'm here with Professor Jonathan Silvertown at the Bi4Face annual conference in Birmingham. Jonathan is an evolutionary ecologist at the University of Edinburgh and one of ECT's founding trustees. Uh, good afternoon to you, Jonathan. Hello, Ben. Can you give us your take on why long-term ecological field experiments are important and valuable? Well, there's a number of reasons. I mean, first of all, if we're interested in change, we need to know what the baseline is. And basically, the, the time to measure the baseline was 50 years ago, not, not now. Given that is the case and it's impossible, we need long-term experiments set up now for the people in the future who are going to say, well, how much change has happened? What has happened? Then there's the nature of the change. So changes tend not to be linear. In ecology, they're often governed by thresholds. Everything looks fine for a while and then suddenly there's a very rapid change. People are talking a lot about this now in relation to climate change. So there's that. There's, there are episodes. I mean, like the weather is variable. One year will be particularly cold. Another year will be particularly warm. Also, lots of the second kind recently. But every year is different in terms of weather. And so since the, the climate and weather change drives a lot of, of ecological processes, certainly to do with plants and you know, plant growth and then feeding up from that to higher trophic levels, you need to capture these extreme events. And since they're unpredictable by the very nature of things, you need to run your experiments a long time. And actually, I should say something more about why experiments, because you might say, well, uh, we can do this by monitoring. But the thing about experiments is they allow you to get at the mechanism that is actually causing things to change. So... From a scientific point of view, you can manipulate variables or, or weather variables. You can, you can manipulate, uh, as we do at Raindrop, the, the, the amount of rainfall on plots. You can be like, manipulate temperature. You can add nutrients, remove nutrients, do all the normal ecological tools. And attached to a good hypothesis, an experiment like that will get you a lot further than simply having observed that something happened that year. You, you won't know why. You might have a correlation, but there's no explanation. You need, you, you need experiments. So the idea behind the ECT is it's these experiments, because of their, they're important and they're difficult and they're expensive, which are reasons why they're rare, but they're still very they're needed. And hence the ECT's mission, which is to, first of all, make the argument for this and then to do our best to, to raise the money to keep those long-term experiments that exist going and ideally to create new ones, as we have managed to do with Raindrop. And can you put that, you've already mentioned climate change, can you put that value of long-term experiments into a context of current events? We've seen the bushfires in Australia, flooding seems to be on the increase. So in terms of land use policy decisions and the like, LTEs, long-term experiments, are immensely valuable. Well, yes, because... Uh, you know, what the, the, the Prime Minister of Australia said uh, about the fires, they're normal, right? I mean, that was his first reaction. I mean, of course, nobody, nobody really bought that, but that was his argument. Now, um, uh, the only way really to, to counter that, I mean, would be to have long-term data. Um, now, in the case of fires, you'd probably have to use paleoecological methods or something to do that. But the point being that you, you need a baseline, you need scientific records that it somehow or other stretch back over time. 
in order to be able to say whether some, some event is normal or not and whether it's occurring with an abnormal frequency, because the event may be something that's been seen before, but maybe you, know, you expect these things every 100 years and they're occurring every 10 years. Okay, and as ECT embarks upon its year of fundraising, the, the Growing ECT's Capacity Campaign, what would your message be to potential supporters of the ECT? Well, I, I would say that the ECT represents something that nobody else is doing. So if you, if you want to have impact in an area where you know, we, we realistically will not ever get supported by, by the research councils. I mean, they, you know, they, their grants are getting shorter and shorter. You know, I mean, it used to be three years, and now even offering two-year grants, and they're not easy to get. So this just makes it impossible to do long-term research, which is badly needed, from the usual sources. So in a sense, this opens an opportunity up for funders of vision who are not necessarily tied down by the kind of um, immediate uh, political goals of, of a research council to, to do something of lasting value that won't be done without them. And I think it's worth reminding um, listeners that the ECT does have an online donations platform available now through the Charities Aid Foundation.